0: This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Okay, you know who can't handle the Canadian cold? Me. And you know who still has a cold from Canada? Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. What's going on, Sniffles? Yeah, I picked up
0: some sort of Canadian death plague while I was at the All-Star Game. <laughs> and it could be at the Fan Fest, or it could be at the very small, crowded... Coughing on each other bar that Steve Dangle had his party at. It was something. But, like, the problem now is that, like, all of the really flu things are done. Like, the chills and all that stuff. Yeah, I it's just all done. sound. I sound like my great aunt, like, having smoked 10 packs of Marlboros. And it, <laughs> it's, and it sucks because, like, my mom called me the other day and, 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 like, she's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling all right. She goes, you sound terrible. I'm like, you know, as someone who has to talk for a living, I really appreciate your uh, tacit endorsement of how terrible
1: I sound. I've said this before. Like, I sound better when I'm sick. Like, I have a very nasally, trebly voice. I've always wanted, like, a really deep, rich basso profundo. I'm never going to get that. But... When I'm sick, my voice drops an octave and it's awesome. Like, it is hell, it feels terrible, can't sleep, can't really do anything, low energy. But man, my voice sounds so much better. Yeah, so it's kind of a double-edged sword there. But
0: you, you, when I get sick, I sound like Super Dave Osborne, so I don't don't really have (laughs) much much to say about sickness and Greg speaking.
1: I, I was a big Super Dave fan, I was a big fan of Bizarre, big fan of. Big fan of Super Dave's uh, work. Me Thank too. you very much. Um, okay, um, hey, have I something I mentioned in hour one here with uh, with Shana Goldman? I'm not sure if you and I have had this conversation before. Have you and I had the Lady Bing conversation about marc Andre Fleury?
0: We have, and and we are in agreement on it as far as like in general. Goldman right. should I'm be trying able to, to remember. win the award. Um, but, you know, but the but the conversation I, you and I used to have all the time, and I'm still kind of like like. Our show was very influential. We affected change in a lot of ways. Look at the All-Star Game.
1: But the one one thing we couldn't get over the hump...
0: (laughs) (laughs) The one thing we couldn't get over the hump was... Take the Lady Bing vote away from the writers... And give it to the on-ice officials. Like, that's the thing that should have happened years ago. They still haven't gotten there for some reason. I don't know if it's because the writers don't want to give up the vote... Unlike any of these awards... But it just makes too much. Like, we don't have but the insight to to determine who are the gentlemanly players and who are not the gentlemanly players. The referees and linesmen do.
1: See, this is the one, because I vote too, and this is the one where everybody kind of looks at and says, okay, what's my criteria for this? High points, low pims. Right. Right? To your point, which is why again, I want to keep revisiting this idea and try to will it into existence. I think it would be a great send-off and I think it would do a lot for the credibility of that trophy and it would be wonderful to give Marc-Andre Fleury a piece of history, i.e. the first goaltender to do this. I just think it would be wonderful to give the most lovable player of this generation the Lady Bing Award. Yeah. Give him something on his way out that's never happened before as a token of appreciation. Hey, thanks for that great body of work. You've been delightful to deal with. Everybody, outside of your motherford, has had such a great experience (laughs) with you, and maybe Kelly Kelly McCrimmon as well. Maybe Kelly. Um, Thank you so much for all of this. Here's the Lady
0: Bing trophy. I think it's great. I think it's great because we know that he's a gentleman. We know that he would be a worthy recipient of the award. When you look at Pims and points, like, I don't know, like, Elias Pettersson might just be out there flapping his yap ball game. Maybe he's an insult comic, and we don't even know it. (laughs) But because he has very small. Yeah. But he's got no penalty minutes, and he's got a lot of points, so he's probably going to win the Lady Bing. But we don't know. We don't know about him. We don't know about Austin Matthews. Like, I mean, I know Austin Matthews a little bit. There's a good chance he is an insult comic on the ice. but like. With, with Marc-Andre Fleury, it's all there. And then plus this season, Merrick, he
1: hasn't tried yeah. to
0: fight anybody. So that really does help his case too.
1: But hang on a second. But hang on a second. I would have even given it to him last year when he tried to fight Jordan Bennington. Because that to me, like, that was essentially, oh, you would like a duel at dawn? Fine. Like, we don't need the white glove in the face. So it was Marc-Andre Fleury saying, all right, is this going to calm you down? Jordan Bennington, is this going to sort of make you saying This is what you've wanted. I am happy to accommodate. This wasn't initiating by Marc-Andre Fleury. That was him saying, okay, let's let this guy get it out of his system. I would have even given it a film last year, Wish, based on that.
0: This is a very interesting definition of gentlemanly play on your behalf. <laughs> to, 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 to offer the chance for a guy to unload on you a yes. little bit, uh, to, yep. to try to manage his emotions to try to seek maturity on the ice yes. it's gentlemanly play
1: yeah i like it muskets at dawn musk all right yeah. muskets at dawn if we must sir fine i will accept your challenge uh, i don't know the the, the, the the whole thing just screams marc-andre fleury this year and if like someone it. else wins it when they make the acceptance speech please if you're that player please say that you know this award should have gone this this award Look, should have gone to marc-andre Look, fleury
0: it's it's real easy like you're a voter and I'm a voter, and I, I cover the voting every month, OK? We all care a lot too much about MVP. We care a lot about the Norris. It's got history. Mm-hmm. We put in we, we care more about the Selkie now than we did 10 years ago, and put the, the research in to figure out who's actually good at playing defense. Yeah. None of us care about the, the, the lady Bing. None of us care. It's not an important award yeah. to the to the writers, so I say to all of my PWHA members out there, what, what are we, the professional hockey PHWA? There it is. That women's <laughs> leagues really messed me up acronimally.
1: So I say to all my fellow writers yes. out there,
0: just give give Flurry your vote. Yeah. Do it. Like like, there's it's yes. not some goof. He deserves it, but if we nope. can funnel our powers yep. on this completely yes. meaningless award to do something Greg, good and right with it then i think we'll be doing good for, for ourselves
1: do you, do you think that everybody who maybe still has lingering hatred towards us from the john scott thing you think that'll this will put us back in their good graces if we do this one for Marc-Andre fleur this is our new john scott
0: mm, i don't know i mean like let's see we saved the all-star game
1: uh so people uh, should be oh but happy you know we, we we <laughs> We broke some things to get there.
0: <laughs> well, exactly. We and as everybody too. who watches Succession knows <laughs> is that you can't make a Tomlet yeah. without breaking a few Gregs. So I right. yeah, we, we did the path there was a little bit destructive. And by that I mean it was yes. like watching Mad Max Fury
1: Road. Career threatening. Right, career Career threatening, (laughs) truly, but go on. Well, I
0: mean, in one case, career threatening, but uh, (laughs) but overall, the end result was pretty pretty positive, and this one's clean. This is like a scalpel. Like this is clean. There's not going to be any. Yeah, this is is clean. This is clean.
1: No one's going to get angry at us for suggesting Mark Andre. By the way, no one's going to be angry or overly passionate about the Lady Bang. Put it, put it No this one's going to say that we're ruining the integrity of the Lady Bing award. Put it, put it this way. We're Who a lot of time whoever on this
0: acquires Marc-André Fleury at the trade deadline will not demote him to the a- to the AHL to prevent <laughs> him from winning the Lady Bing. <laughs> He's
1: not going to Newfoundland. He's not going to the Growlers. He's, He's not, not going, going to the CHL Newfoundland. Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, very good to keep him away from Lady Bing. Okay, um also okay. around the NHL, this news just uh, breaking a couple of moments ago, Morgan Riley will appeal the 5 game suspension. No. Um, Brad for Living was going to address the media today. Now that is not happening because Margaret Riley is appealing the five-game suspension. Um, first of all, do you have a – not just uh, – I mean, the discussions about the number are going to be the number. How many times have we sat here and raged back and forth about should it have been five, should it have been three, should it have been six, should it have been four? Um, just do you have a – do you have a thought on what we've seen in hockey, either social media or elsewhere, going back to, to, to Saturday around 9:30 Eastern, with the cross-check heard around the, uh, around the NHL.
0: Yeah, it's been disappointing because I feel like, for whatever reason, this one really brought out a lot of people who wanted to see the thing they wanted to see. They wanted to see a stick ride up somebody's arm. didn't happen. They wanted to see a, a context in which he didn't skate over from some distance mm-hmm. to hit a guy in the head with his stick because they wanted to pretend that it was like the Shifley play or it was like the chase on play or, oh, look at this one that happened in the course of play in front of the net. Yeah. Like, it's very cut and dry for me. Grieg did something to antagonize the Leafs. Was a dumb rookie mistake, even his own teammates pointed it out. And then Riley skated over and hit him in the head with a stick. And, like, we could pretend that it has a lot to do with previous instances of of sticks to the head. Or we can just admit that this is Dale Hunter in spirit, if not in execution. And that's what it is. Like, it's just something you can't do. And we all agree that, yeah, there should have been something there. And like I said in, in, in talking about this the other day, like... The gloved fist, or even drop the gloves, pantomime, BS, going through the motions, hockey tough guy act that happens after clean hits. Just do that. The minute you do it with your stick, you're begging for a suspension. You've done something that's beyond the Mm -hmm. pale. Now, the thing thing that gets me, Merrick, and I don't know where you stand on, on the suspension. I haven't listened to the show this week. I'm sorry. But, like, there's a lot of really smart people I respect that have gone really kind of like leaves blinders crazy this week in saying that this should be like a fine or a game or whatever. Like we just yeah, saw Perron get six. That's crazy. We just got Perron got six and there's not a whole hell of a lot of real estate between what Perron did. Pre, you know, an uh-huh. intentional revengeful stick to the head and what Riley did. Like there's not a whole lot. So the fact that he didn't get six is a gift. The fact that he's appealing five is wasting people's time, which brings me to this question I want to ask you before we can get back into the suspension of it all. This is now the third sure. time Marty, Marty Walsh is doing this. Sus, uh, appealing a suspension for under six games that'll just go to Batman, mm-hmm. who will then rubber stamp it because he trusts his player safety people to have made the right decision. Why is the PA doing
1: this? I don't know. I was, I was hoping I could jump in on that with you earlier. I don't know. I
0: don't know either. I, I
1: don't know why they're doing this one at five yeah. games. Like, honestly, to me, and I, and I, I watched like, watch the video, to me, the key point, you know, outside of the actual cross-check in the head, but almost the, the bigger point in all of it is he had time to make a different decision. Yes. This isn't two guys whacking each other and, uh-oh, my stick got up a little bit. And, eh I kind of meant to do that, but I kind of didn't. But now I got to eat one. This is you, you skated half the width of the ice to get to Ridley Gregg and had time to think about what you were going to do and make a different decision and, did it and didn't and did do it at all. He said, I'm going to hit this guy in the head and hit him in the head. <clears throat> this isn't like, and, and oh, I, I was going like, to hit him in the hip and it got up. And like, no.
0: Yeah, no, like the, it, was, like to, it was. to not...
1: me, like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm stunned at how people tried to really thread a needle that wasn't there about the hit, and there was a whole about a, a lot of like, what aboutism, and this one, and the Wayne Simmons hit so many years ago, and the, I, I looked at, I'm like, the play was over. Like, do you not understand that there is a penalty for when the play is on, and then a more significant yeah. one for when the play is over. And sure. what Ridley Gregg did, and again, like I look at it this way, like, to your previous point. Well, first of all, everything was predictable. Right? Ridley Gregg knows when he does that, there's going to be a response. And Morgan right. Riley knows when he did that, there was going to be a response. One was going to be a response from Morgan Riley, The other was going to be a response from the NHL. As yeah, much as we looked at that and said, wow, wasn't that chaotic? It wasn't chaotic. It was entirely predictable. It was yeah, not you, chaotic at all. You don't usually everything see a there was totally predictable.
0: You don't usually see a goal celebration in which the player has his eyes locked on the guy skating towards him. <laughs> like, like, he knew exactly <laughs> that there was going to be something, but he certainly didn't think it was going to be a stick. And, and, and again, like to me, there, there were times this week, Merrick, where I really felt like I was seeing the white and gold dress and everyone else was seeing the purple and black because, again, <laughs> some people I really respect – whose opinions matter, whose insight I read on a daily basis, were coming to a conclusion that I simply didn't see in the evidence, in the replay, in the context, in any of it. And and I know that maybe mm-hmm. there was a little bit of Toronto Maple Leafs persecution complex coming out. I I don't know honestly don't know what it is, dude, because like it's pretty cut and dry and and, and to divorce it from the context like you said of it being a play that happens at the end of a loss well after the goal is scored. So it's not the Shifley play and involving the stick, which again, for all the people who are always talking about consistency from player safety, the stick is always the thing that will get you something like they, 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 they they, they can play, you know, uh, get out their protractor on, on hits to the head as far as where the shoulder is and all this other stuff. But if you use your stick and they said it in the video, as a weapon, It's going to get you every single time. And Riley appealing this, again, take your five and be happy, dude, because it, it probably could have been worse.
1: Could have been worse. Um, it's funny, too, because I believe that they didn't want to go six or above for the, uh, for the appeal so- factor. That there's a real there's a real sensitivity about six or above because of all because of the automatic appeals right Right. now, and almost as if it it could have been six or seven, but they kept at five, thinking there's not going to be an appeal, and sure enough, there's an appeal.
0: I have asked those player safety guys so many times about the five versus six thing, and whether they don't want to have to go to the arbitrator, and they constantly tell me that's not the case. I you and I probably feel differently i mean this this coming in at, six, at five after perron comes in at six is a little bit specious but they, they they i mean i'll take them at their word that the neutral arbitrator thing doesn't factor into it but i don't know man like it, to me this becomes this this tries to avoid world war three if you if you leave it at batman and not bring it to the arbitrator
1: Um, A couple of things that come out of this one, too. Uh, One, I think if there were a Game 83 on the schedule, most fans would want to see it Toronto and Ottawa at this point. (laughs) Um, It was Harry Neal who used the great line uh, most recently, we have to do something about all this fighting or else we're going to have to make bigger buildings. Uh, you know that when Morgan Riley returns, there will be an ovation for him at Scotiabank Arena, the likes of which we have not seen in quite some time uh, at that rink. And what this incident did for Morgan Riley is it turned him into a folk hero. Agree or disagree?
0: I mean... Amongst the fan base, I probably agree. Like, he was yes. the guy to skate over and, and do something. Others skated over later. And we uh, <laughs> were at a, skating at a different pace, let's say, than Riley was to get over <laughs> to
1: the scrum. But... Is that you know, like? Hang to... on a second. Hang on. Is that like the? Is that like the guys in the scrum who will grab somebody but not look at them in the eyes? Will look off into space, so they yep. don't have to actually engage eye to eye with anybody. That kind of that. What you're talking about here? You just you just, want a a dance you just want a
0: dance partner. You just want a dance partner. But like, if the if the conversation is about what does this do for the perception of the Leafs as being soft, like we hashed this out on the drop. This nothing. Week. Nothing.
1: Nothing. Nothing.
0: Actually, and actually, less than if he had dropped the gloves. Seriously, like it 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 comes off. I don't. As, I don't disagree. As fake tough guy to use your stick, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, see the like that that play that we saw towards the end of the game after the empty net goal, on its own, did nothing to dissuade anyone from thinking. Like if you if you go into that game and think you know what the uh, the Maple Leafs are a highly skilled team, but it's all soft skill. And they don't have the dirt underneath the fingernails to, to, to be able to do anything in crunch time or playoff time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Look how Florida plays, look how Vegas plays, look how Tampa plays, You know, dirty, sneaky, dirty, however you want to call it. Uh, the Maple Leafs don't have that. The Mar- Morgan Riley play did nothing to change your mind. To me, it's all about what happens next. And I don't know that anything does because I don't know that they have the personnel to do that. Like this isn't going to make William Nylander tougher or John Tavares tougher or Mitch Marneras tougher. None of those guys.
0: The Leafs. Morgan the Leafs Riley Cross had, took the guy to
1: head after an empty net goal.
0: The Leafs have had a a crisis of of personality for like the last what three or four years. And they've tried to import toughness, right, with your Reeveses and your Simmonses and to a lesser extent right, O'Reilly. But the, the essential makeup of their core is not to be that guy. So where can you be tough if you can't actually be tough? You'd be tough by being mentally tough. You'd be tough by showing your opponent that you're unflappable. And there are ways for the Leafs to do that. And I'm not saying that Riley shouldn't have gone after Grieg. I'm not saying that at all. Like, you clearly have to respond when somebody decides to dunk the ball on on your head, you know, in a rivalry game. But I feel like we're never going to get there with the Leafs as far as being like the the drop-the-gloves team. They're just not it. But there probably are ways for them to exude toughness mentally that can make up for that deficit, you know? We're not going to beat you up. But we're also going to take your punch and still beat you
1: is kind of where the Leafs need to be. Two kinds of toughness. You know what? Okay. There's, 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 you're right. There's, there's two kinds of toughness. And it's funny too, because I still think that Borea Salming was one of the toughest players to ever play in the NHL. Why? Because he endured. He endured punishment and he kept coming back. He would block a shot with his face and he'd get right back up and block another shot. He would take an assault from Mel Bridgman and not miss a shift and keep coming back over and over and over again. And he's considered one of, if not maybe, the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. And I would argue one of the toughest players of all time and maybe the toughest Maple Leaf of all time. There is conquer and there is endure. And they're both really tough. We saw that with the Detroit Red Wings team that won Stanley Cups as well. They didn't have sluggers; they weren't going to physically intimidate you, but they could endure more than anybody, and they would not shrink, and they would still win. In a lot of ways, that's tougher than just you know, Im, you know, Im- imposing your might on someone else. I find it, I find it bizarre that as much as Boreas Salming within the Maple Leafs organization is heralded, and rightfully so as maybe the toughest or at least one of the toughest players in the history of that team, uh-huh. nobody really uses that as a cue anymore or a way to judge toughness, even though they may have the toughest guy in Boris Salming in their history.
0: Is, how many fights has McKinnon had? How many fights has Braden Point had? Like, there's a number of guys mm-hmm. in this league that I think exude toughness and, and have that motor and are sometimes just kind of like unrelenting in the way that they play but don't have to like drop the gloves and so that's i mean if you could get the core to play like that then then you're gonna erase a lot of this stuff about like the leaves are soft there's ways to do it without having to hit another guy in the head with your stick
1: okay um off the maple Leafs page only so slightly because he was an ex-maple leaf what do you make of vancouver and phil castle
0: so there are times in which I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be callous here, okay? Because the the Vancouver Canucks are a really good hockey team, and uh, like they're well put together, and I think that Patrick Alvin deserves a lot of credit for that, right? That being said, <laughs> outside of winning championships with multiple teams. And outside of my hackneyed impression in which I would ask people to grab a Werther's Originals from my desk, <laughs> what is the one thing that we know about Jim Rutherford? It is that Jim Rutherford has never met a player that he couldn't reacquire. We've already seen it with so are Lion, you saying that
1: he? Hang on. Hang on. Sorry, are, you, are you saying that he got Phil Castle because Matt Cullen wasn't available anymore? <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Like,
0: like, like they keep on getting guys that, that are Jim Rutherford guys. When he was in Carolina, yeah. there were guys that were on their, like, fourth tour of duty in Carolina.
1: Matt, Matt Cullen. Rutherford. I'm telling you. Yeah. you always go back. Matt Cullen, come on down. You're right back. And then Penguins, come on and, in, Matt so, Cullen. so,
0: like, I don't pretend to know the inner workings of the Canucks brain trust. I, and I don't mean to undercut Patrick Alvin and the work that he's done. But, like, doesn't it kind of feel like... This is a Jimmy Rutherford. Oh, I remember him. Kind of kind of kind of signing.
1: Um, I look at it as a low risk look at someone that might be able to help them with easy goals down the road. The thing that I love yeah. about this one is Hang on, let me let me let me just, let me just throw this go on ahead, the no, table. Just as ahead. a conversation yeah. point or or or, or a thought or a thought point here. I think in my in my dream Stanley Cup final this year, based on the way that everything has gone, my dream Stanley Cup final is Vancouver-Boston again. Oh, boy. And the presence of Phil Kessel just makes it <clears throat> juicier. It does. Agree, disagree. That's no, why I, I look at this one, I say, oh, from, a, from, a, from, a, from, a, from a, someone who works in the media's point of view, oh, This is a protein shake. This is fantastic. I love this. Now, Vancouver, do the right thing and get to the Stanley Cup. And Boston, you do the same. Just so we can have Vancouver, Boston with the presence of Phil Kessel there. Oh,
0: it'd be a lot of fun. Wish. Now, Now, now the one thing I didn't mention, though, and, and, and this is probably also as much a determining factor as Jimmy Rutherford's history with Phil Kessel. We can't ignore that the Phil Kessel whisperer is the head coach of this team. Rick Tockett, it's true. for a very long time, had the reputation of being one of the only coaches back in the Pittsburgh days mm-hmm. that was able to break through to Phil to the point where they were then reunited in Arizona. So, again, GM that knows him, GM that succeeded with him, coach that understands him yep. better than maybe anybody else in the league. It's a, it's a great landing spot for him. If there's ever going to be a, a, a Kessel resurrection, it's going to be in Vancouver.
1: Hmm. Um, I really hope that works, and I hope that I get my hockey dream. But um, I kind of never do. Uh, what did you make of uh, What did you make of McDavid last night? Six points, ho hum. Oilers take care of the Red Wings. Oof for them. Billy Huso is out. Um, Alex Lyon couldn't do anything to stop the onslaught. That was the Edmonton Oilers.
0: I I did a little Edmonton radio this morning, and I found out that there was actually panic in the Oilers fan base that maybe they weren't scoring enough. Why? Because they got shut out by the Kings. Because Again, keep in mind, this they is were, a team... Hang on.
1: They were exhausted. Won, yeah. They were exhausted yeah. that game. Of course they were. They were tired that game.
0: <laughs> they won a billion games in a row. They had the nerve to do some of it defensively more than offensively. And then, like, they get shut out. And because Edmonton fans only have one default setting, which is consternation and anxiety they're like i don't know is the team with leon dryside and connor mcdavid destined to not score what are we doing like (laughs) you know, (laughs) everything is going well be happy please
1: (laughs) no find me a canadian market where people know how to really be happy like seriously correct which which
0: one is the happiest market do you
1: think God, that's a great
0: question. I don't
1: know. Right now, Vancouver. Right now, Vancouver is. Don't you think? But even they're waiting for the, for
0: the, for the bottom to drop out. Look, every Vancouver fan knows nah, the most important not, like, stat not for... like other markets. Hold on. Every Vancouver fan knows the most important stat that this team has put up this year, and it is the games played of Pedersen, Besser, Miller, Quinn, and, uh, and, and, and Demko. That's the most important stat this year. They have been extraordinarily blessed with good injury fortune so far. Hmm. Yep.
1: True. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Well, so that's I'm saying fine. that even they have, exa- they have anxiety. No need to even have they have anxiety.
1: Yeah, but on the scale, on on, on the, like we're we're measuring this across like, you know, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, the two Alberta teams, like as far as like stress levels go, Vancouver's based on their competition north of the uh, north of the border here, um is pretty low. Their yeah. stress levels pretty low. It's really yeah. good to be I a Vancouver so. Canucks fan. Look they they say. may have the best third line in hockey right now. That that, that Teddy Blueger line uh is nothing short of phenomenal which, with with uh, Dakota Joshua and, and and Connor Garland. It's fantastic. They
0: are They're they're so good. (laughs) Like like, I agree. Like they're so good in in, in almost every facet, to the tune of a plus fifty-eight goal differential right now. That's insane. That's Mm so. Somebody asked me earlier today, like, who's who's the best team in the league this year? And like, the answer has changed a few times, here and there. But the constant has been Vancouver. Like they've just been constantly good.
1: Hmm. Now, do the right thing. Get to the Stanley Cup final with the Boston Bruins. Um, and then, real quick, win. before we uh, the,
0: the the local the local com- please win because the local commerce
1: community can't, <laughs> can't handle this again. Uh, speaking of Boston, real, real quick, we've seen uh, we saw two one thousand game um, uh, anniversaries here. Um, Alex Petrangelo with the Vegas Golden Knights, and then last night Brad Marchand with a thousand games as well, uh, all for the Boston Bruins. Uh, they lose three to two to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Andre Vasilevsky was outstanding. Braden Point, who you mentioned earlier, uh, with the shootout winner. Uh, when you think of Brad Marchand, listen. We talked about you know, at the beginning of the segment Ridley Gregg putting cheese in the trap for Morgan Riley and the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they reached in and grabbed it and got their hand smacked. Um, when you think Brad Marchand and his career, now that there were one thousand games in. What's going to pop to mind for you right away?
0: I mean, you kind of winked at it in your setup there, which is that I don't I don't know anybody that thought back in twenty uh, what was it twenty. 20- 2011, 2012 around that area. 2011 I guess it was. I don't know anybody that really thought that that kid was going to grow up to be the player that he's become. Like I don't think anyone thought that the guy with the misspelled tattoo was going to grow up to be a <laughs> hall a hall of famer. And he, and he is. Yeah. Like he's he's clearly the second best left wing of his generation behind Ovechkin. Hmm. And Ovechkin. It's not simply just like a supporting character growing up to become a, a superstar. It's a it's a guy who spent the first four years of his career being, like, for better. For to use a current example, Nick Cousins, and then like, sort of grew out of it, <laughs> but kept the edge a little bit. But at the same time, became mm-hmm. one of the most accomplished offensive players in the league. And like, I, I, I'd have to go back and see if anyone's had this kind of journey
1: but I to, you to find Stamakita. stamakita Stan Mekita yeah. had this yes Stan Makeda had this journey yes 100% tell me why Yes, Stan Stan Mikita. because when he came when he came into the league it was he was the tough guy, he was the rad, he was the poke behind the knees, he was the annoying guy and then I don't know I think it might have been a family story, something maybe with his daughter, I'm not 100% sure and then the switch went off and it became I'm dropping all of that and I'm just playing hockey and became one of the best hockey players in the NHL, which was always in him. He just couldn't help being a pest when he started his career. Stan Makita, Blackhawks is the guy that you're talking about. <clears throat> So hundred I
0: mean like that but that that's the gap right like from Stan Makita to Brad yeah. Marchand, we have not had a player <laughs> that did what he did and again it's it's remarkable he needs I, a fake I, I, donut I chain now he needs that he if, if he so wants he to does. complete
1: the Stan Makita story but arc, he needs a fake donut chain much just, like just
0: real real quick on, on Petrangelo. like he hit that number, yeah, fantastic career. We just dropped the first edition of our positional rankings we have Ten players and ten executives all submit top ten lists for each position. I was really surprised Petro didn't make the, the cut. He was outside the top ten. Shea Theodore was outside the top really, ten. Really, eh? Uh, Carlson and Letang outside the top ten. I, he's the, but, but Petro's the one that I really Petri- was sort of surprised by. because wow. one, I mean, clearly he's, he's great. Two, the Knights Hall just won the cup. But Gowdy yeah. was tenth. And, and, and Darlene, Petrangelo, and a few others were, were behind Gowdy on that <sighs> list.
1: Ooh, wow. I know. Um, Shocking. Yeah, right? I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. Controversy, controversy. Uh, we're up against the clock. Uh, you soldiered through 30 minutes, uh, sounding like your aunt. Uh, so bravo, Greg Wachinski. Hey, everybody, everybody who's listening. Everybody plays her this time of year.
0: Everybody who's listening to me this week on these podcasts, thank you for hanging in there with this stupid voice. And listen. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope everybody has a lovely, lovely day with their loved ones. If you're if you're hanging with friends, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, just uh, have some chocolate. We're all, life's better with chocolate.
1: Spot quiz for you. How many players with the last name Valentine have played in the NHL? I'm going to say like two. One. Oh, you were close. One. Chris Valentine, Washington Capitals. Well done. You were in the ballpark. Good job. <laughs> If good I had said job, zero, I would have been Rishin. close too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, it's a good point too. Uh, but you took a guess, and that's okay, and you got close. So, well done. Take a bow uh, from ESPN, the one and only Greg Wachinski here every Wednesday for MVSW Redux.